0: Hey there, baseball fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina podcast. I'm Brandon Hall. He's our North Carolina State Director of Scouting, Matt Payne. Matt, how are we doing? Doing good. Good to be back on. Absolutely. I know we missed last week and a lot of things going on, but, you know, trying to cover the state, trying to be everywhere at once. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes that uh, our travel can get in the way. So I know you saw some good games. We're going to go through some of that stuff. Um you know, here as we jump into it, where, where were you last week? Where did you go? Do you remember?
1: Went to uh, Pro 5. They were playing P27. So caught them on Tuesday night, the uh, young and older teams. And then they took BP at like 9.30 Wednesday morning. So went over and hung out for that and watched them play again and then got to see uh, Corinth Holders and, and Chapel Hill to, to finish off the trip.
0: Well, that's a good week. You saw, obviously saw a ton of talent, you know, uh, As you're as you're out watching and you're trying to watch Pro Five and you're evaluating those guys versus and they're playing against P twenty seven, you know which is a very similar academy in Columbia, South Carolina, um, with with a lot of talent. What are some of the evaluation differences, maybe, when you're versus going out and watching really two good high school programs in in Chapel Hill and Corinth Holders? but the depth in the lineups, the depth on the pitching staffs may be different. So how does that affect your evaluations as you're going through those guys?
1: Yeah, there's, there's not that noticeable difference of who's hitting two versus who's hitting seven or eight. Um, the guys out of the pin are typically better. I know uh, it seemed like pro five kept running out guys that were, you know, 87 to 91, 92. Um, the athleticism's better as a whole and it's, it's just a cleaner game. Now, you, you know, they're playing at 12 o'clock during the day, so you don't get the atmosphere that we enjoy showing up at a at a high school game at night. Um, right. But, you know, they got a ton of kids from out of state, you know, t- and then across the state. And it's just, they're able to have more depth and uh, run guys out there, and it's always good to see them. And a lot of pro guys in to check out both clubs, so uh, it was good to be there and, and watch some baseball during the day.
0: I know we're going to jump into this a little bit later, too, but one of the things I do like about the way they schedule is they, they do play some off times. So, you know, we're able to get in there, see them play at noon, catch another game on the back end. I know the pro guys are doing the same thing, you know, trying to see maybe a Pro 5 P27 game at noon, and then they can head over to Duke and watch, you know, Duke play Elon at, at four, um, you know, just throwing out, you know, different options they may have. But, you know, it's something we look for in schedules, too. You know, you and I are, are out, and I had a chance on Friday of this week, uh, this past weekend, um, to see Cary Academy and Carmel Christian. You know, two clubs that are, um, you know, decent expectations coming into the year. Um, And I think Cary Academy's played at a fairly high level. I think they were five and one maybe going in. Don't quote me on that. Carmel Christian's played a very tough schedule, including playing uh, Combine Academy, playing a couple other academies out of Georgia. Um, and the record is was a little underwhelming, but still a good team. Um, you know, a chance to see that game, and then for me, it's 15 minutes from the house. I can then shoot over and watch Weddington and Sun Valley play that night, again, staying about 20 minutes from the house. Um, but, you know, and I, I think we spoke about on the phone, that I think it's a S- Carolina Piedmont or the Southern Piedmont 4A Conference. I love, love what they do with their conference schedule. Because this was on Friday. This was the third game of the series. Uh, Weddington and Sun Valley had split on Monday and Wednesday's games. So Friday decides kind of who, who's the winner of the series. You know, very much like what we're used to in college game where you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and that kind of, you know, I, I think it builds a lot of patience in players. I think it builds a lot of trust in terms of how are we going to win games? Can we win a game one nothing with our ace on the mound? Can we win a game by scoring seven runs in the sixth, you know, and and we always talk about it. Somebody out of that conference is going to make a run at some point in the state tournament for that very reason. They're going to win a game ugly that they're not supposed to win.
1: Yeah. You you look up every year and somebody from that league's playing late. And like you said, when you, a lot of teams get comfortable playing when their aces on the mound in big games. Well, you play the same team three times in a week you know, you're going to run a lot of arms out there and you're going to have to figure out how to win without your best guy. And I think it, it develops teams and it develops players better. And, you know, they kind of play. They don't know if, if their best guy's on the mound or not. They just – they play and, you know, they have to find a way to win.
0: And I love the comment. You know, we're standing back by, behind the plate. We get the comment from the parents of, hey, you know, I see the radar gun. He's not really a pitcher. You know, he, he's just <laughs> – they just need pitchers and it's you're developing across a you know a team of 13 14 15 guys when you're playing three games a week in conference you would probably better have 9 or 10 guys that can at least tow the rubber and be around the zone and that way if you know obviously your 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 ace your your lead guys need to be guys but you're going to be in a game at some point where go to the next arm he ain't got it go to the next arm he ain't got it go to the next arm and hopefully within that first, you find a guy that throws a zero quick enough that allows you to make that run later. Now, we've been in those games in college. We, I, I've been in those games in regionals, where you know you get to the end of the regional, and I, I remember being at South Carolina on an elimination game in the championships. The winner goes to play North Carolina in the um, in the supers, and we're up seven four in a rain delay, and we're out of pitching. If we get delayed and get to the next day. I got a couple guys that can bounce back. We can finish that game. We're not getting to the next day. We're playing in South Carolina. That field's gonna be fine. At some point, <laughs> we're gonna play. And so we had to actually run our starter back out after, you know, a, a two, two and a half hour delay in the fifth inning, you know, and he was a, a senior, wasn't gonna play pro ball. We're not worried about his arm or anything like that. Um if I had it to do over again, we we would not run him back out because I know what happened. If we ran into a uh, dishers bat, he hit a, he hit a ball that still hasn't landed. Um, but you're going to see those teams make those decisions, and, and you see those. And for the kids, they're taken out of their comfort zone. They have to learn to compete and adjust and do things for their teammates. Yeah, I'm not a pitcher, but I got arm strength, and okay, I'm going to learn how to pitch for this year because that's going to help our team. And I think that really does help the development of these guys whether it's for the next level
1: or whether it's for a job 30 years down the line. Yeah. You you know, some of these top heavy leagues, we go through the box scores and, you know, when they're playing the other good team in the league, they can stack their two best arms in the same game, you know, and get wins and maybe win the league. But, you know, spring break tournaments are coming up and then obviously conference tournaments and playoffs. And, you know, the teams that have developed some arms and have have three or more typically seem to to do better in the in the spring break tournaments and then come playoff time.
0: Well, and you see it every year, too, with with a team in one of those leagues where there, there's two different scenarios. One, everybody throws their ace at you because they, they think they have a chance to get a game. I'm going to throw my ace. You're not throwing yours. Let's see if I can get that game on you. And, and that team gets to the end of the year. They're battle-tested. They've seen all types of arms, all types of competitions. They've won games in different ways. That's a good thing. The other one is the team is so dominant, it don't matter who we throw, we're probably not going to win. So we're going to slough off and throw our four, save our one, two, and three for whoever we play later in the week. Yep. And that team may roll through their conference, but when they get to the state tournament, there's no sloughing off. There's no there's no next day. So everybody, we're going to throw the best guy we got available. At some point they may run into a, an issue where they haven't been in that type of game. And so I've seen a lot of conferences, even when they're playing two games, they play the same two teams. And I think that eliminates some of that. And and I love that that adjustment because it does, it allows those teams to be more ready for the state tournament where I, I really think the reason they did it was to balance out, you know, uh, competition of play within their conference series um, and, and, and the standings. But what it really does is teams that get in the state playoffs, they're, they're a little bit more ready for what they're actually going to see. Yeah.
1: And, Typically when you play three like that, your your best team, best overall team typically wins the league or at least finishes second. But you know, one thing that gets me too is I talk to some of these high school coaches and you're like, Yeah, you know, who are they throwing against you? And they have no idea. You know, nobody nobody lets anybody know in high school yeah. ball and kind of like, you know, trying to use the element of surprise and you know, there's only so many guys you can throw, I don't know why they just don't go ahead and and lay it out there sometimes. It would help so, us out a lot.
0: <laughs> so my dad was a high school coach for a while. And and I do know the answer to some of those questions is because <laughs> two hours before the game he may not know. Your guys are still walking in the clubhouse <laughs> going, Hey, how you feel? Do you feel like you, got throw, you can throw some strikes today and let, let's tee it up? Let's go. Um, you know. But that was no so pitch
1: he, count rules. So you could that your guy could throw 120 the night before and then close yeah. that day, so he yeah. had that when he was ready.
0: Yeah, he would have gotten a phone call from his son if he was doing that. Uh, he's not that guy. But, yeah, there were guys doing that too. That transitions me. I'm going to go a little bit out of order from what we talked about prior to getting on the podcast. Let's talk about the World Baseball Classic. Um, you know, it's, obviously, it's gotten uh, a lot more popularity. You're seeing the international influence of baseball. You're seeing new clubs like Israel and Great Britain um, you know, the Czech, uh, the Czech Republic team who we, we have some ties to with the guys that are pro five that help with that. Um, th- that's, that's great. But, but what I also love is the American fans getting to experience what the uh, South American fan is like during, it's a football game. You know, it's, it's a wrestling match. It's those guys, they're going for the Japanese, the Asian fans. I mean, it's, it's an absolute party for nine innings. Um, you know, and and talk a little bit about, I know you watched some of it and, you know, what you thought of just the experience those guys are going through. And did you have a chance to talk to Mike at pro five at all about, about that experience of being in Japan um, with, with the Czech team?
1: I did not other than, you know, he said it was awesome. Um, Watching it on TV though, you know, we see the, the clips from winter ball in Latin America and, you know, we've been in regionals and super regionals where it's, it's wild. And, you know, I was thinking some of the American guys that went straight out of high school, maybe it was their first time playing in a, in a scenario like that, unless they'd played yeah. in the postseason. And, um, to see those guys get so excited. I, I know you can't do that when you play 162 and you play every day, it's just not possible. But for that, that short burst, kind of like a, you know, a super regional or regional or weekend series in college, you, you get up and it's, it's all about winning. It's not so much about your numbers and, and just the excitement, it, you know, had the kind of the World Cup soccer feel to it and, you know, Saturday SEC college football, and I, I was locked in on it. It was, you know, I wish it happened more, but uh, I hope it grows from this.
0: You bring up a great point, something we used to talk about in our office a lot when we got to, to Major League Baseball playoff time and watching the teams that really their first time in the playoffs were able to play at a high level versus teams that maybe – the playoff atmosphere snuck up on them. And you look at their rosters, teams that typically do well in the playoffs, having not been there year after year after year, are teams that are full of college players, junior college, four year school, whatever, or they're full of Latin American players. Those two environments prepare you for single elimination, for do or die. You know, in the course of a college season, you play that every Sunday. Every single Sunday, you're either playing to get swept – I mean, to sweep, to not get sweep, uh, swept, or to win the conference, that series. And so that game three has some of that all the time. You fast-forward that to that Friday, there's a little bit of that hint on that at Friday because if we win Friday, man, now we only got to take one more. We're right there. And so the, the, there's a heightened awareness maybe from guys that have played in those environments – being able to translate that very quickly at a professional level. And so you start thinking about it. And I'm, I'm not trying to pick on guys and I'm not trying to say this is the reason why, but uh, Trent Turner, was it not, uh, Trent, um, shortstop from state? Trey. Trey Turner. Trey Turner, yep. Yeah. So, you know. He has that experience at State. I think they went to the World Series when he was there, College World Series. That, you know, he's had a ton of experience. He's played in some major league playoff games, obviously. Even as big as that moment was, I know he talked about that home run and the, the the pop in the crowd as soon as that bat, the ball left his bat was something he never heard. But the ability to kind of dial in and be himself and not try to do too much, but then still be able to kind of elevate that in the right moments. I think is something that can be learned while you're on campus. You know, Mike Trout didn't get that didn't get that experience. I think there, and this was you know really I think they've been in one postseason with him there, and it wasn't wasn't very long postseason. You know, so this was really his first indoctrination to this is what it's like. It's not normal BP. You know, we're we're dialed in today you know and and taking the that what you've learned in the past be able to translate that up i think college baseball players have a huge advantage in those types of situations
1: yeah i saw that he actually uh he tweeted his manager like the day after they, they finished play and he was like look i i needed that you know i went to the playoffs like my first year and it was short but he's like i needed to feel that again and and know what it's like to get there and it kind of just motivates those guys more to to do that, you know, you play 162 and some of those days are kind of blah, and then you get into that and you get that that rush and excitement that can't be replicated.
0: Well, and you, you play pro ball. There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to 148 games, 130 games, 162 games, whatever level you're at. There's a rhythm to get out of bed, get my nutrition, get to the park, get it going, play hard, and all of them play hard, but there's a rhythm to it. We're not going to get too high because I gotta do it again tomorrow. We're not going to get too low because i are going to do it again tomorrow. You know, you've probably been in games where you were blown out at NC State, and and your coaching staff is is undressing you guys in the locker room, and and that's used as fuel for the next day. You've probably been blown out in games where you're in Pro Bowl, and it's hey, see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I, I didn't play Pro Bowl, so you have to comment on that if I'm way no, off. No, it's
1: I, Pro Ball is the same thing every day. You know, win or lose after the game, it's either good job or bounce back and like you said, in college, you know, you get to Sunday and it's most of the time it's win a series or lose the series, you know, and right. occasionally you get a chance to sweep, but uh, just, I guess college, you, you ride on each game, each game matters It you know, it shows up where in pro ball, I know every game matters, but you know, you can, you can recover from some sweeps and, and different things because the season's so much longer, but College, you know, you drop too many early. It's you know you're fighting the battle the rest of the year, and you know trying not to lose your season.
0: Well, and from a managerial standpoint, trying to balance it, you know, you're trying to actually look at you know setting your pitching up. When do we need to peak our ace? When do we need to when do we need to be careful with our closer? When can we give him some downtime? You know, um, the guys at East Carolina and, and Cliff continue to do this a little bit. But when Randy mazie was there, um, when Coach LeClaire was there, they did this. They they would be positioned. We know we're going to be in the tournament. The last two weeks of the year, they would hold their one and their two. They wouldn't throw. they give them a week off. Now, they were still talented enough in that, in those leagues where they could still win that series. It wasn't going to hurt them because they, they still wanted to host. But they were setting themselves up to get to that end run. Whereas in pro ball, we throw every fifth day. But that 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 again, there's a there's a difference in the way that the the stress levels of a pro game and a college game can be handled. And it's not to say that the pro game doesn't have stress. I mean, if you're in a packed park on a Friday night and you're down three nothing, there's two runners on and nobody out, and you haven't got you know, there's some stress there. You're making stressful pitches. But I would say in the course of a year, you're going to make more stressful pitches um, at the college level. You know, per start, that 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 would be my, my estimate. So for managing that, you know, we have to know when, when do we pull Matt Payne off first base and give him a breather? What Tuesday is he going to have off? Because we just had a a nut cut in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What do we do scheduling wise? You know, if we're going to play Texas A&M opened up with number one in the country uh, in the SEC play and then face, I'm sorry, number two in the country. And then they face number one in the country. And now they got like number five in the country or something like that this weekend you can't play if you're doing that, you shouldn't play Texas tech in the midweek and then <laughs> Texas, the next midweek, you know, maybe position somebody in there and you're going to face a pretty good club being in Texas, but play somebody in there that we have a chance to, if we can get it rolling, we can play some of our down the line guys. We can get some of our other arms in there. We can give our closer the week off that management of it because the games are different. And I loved, I love that Kansas city and my wife's from Kansas and, uh, as a Royals fan, I love what they did with Singer and Bobby Witt. Yep. You know that here's what their roles are going to be. Their roles are not positioning them to be really ready to go day one of the, of, of the start of the season. Bobby Witt's not getting the at bats he would have gotten in spring training. Singer's not going to be in a starter's role. We're going to try to piggyback him, but he's not going to start games. Do you still want to send them? Absolutely, because that experience prepares them for what the Royals hope happens this year but what should happen for them in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah. And I think, I know the, you know, a lot of those guys had rules on them as far as when they could pitch and they had to start an inning clean, or, you know, if they cleaned up an inning, they couldn't start the next one. And so you kind of watch those guys in the pen and it looks more like the college game where, you know, Hey, depending on what happens here, who's going in, you know, because right. if we score, if we score here three, then we can save you for tomorrow and extend you tomorrow. Or, Hey, you may have to go here. And it's, you know, the typical pro day is a little more set. Either you're going to throw the seventh today, or you're not going to throw at all. You know, and those guys are kind of down there in the pen. Hey, it, it may be the fifth. It may not happen. It may be tomorrow. And, you know, it was, it was entertaining.
0: Well, we've all, we've all had those games when we were coaching too, playing as well, where you go into the game and you don't know – I don't know if we have enough arms to get through nine innings based on what our starter does. If our starter needs some help, you know, we're really going to be – we're going to try to win the game – but those last like six outs, I don't know who's going to throw them. And so I think for the U.S., they were in that situation in the semifinals. And you heard DeRosa, you know, talking about, hey, if we get a chance to blow somebody out tonight, we're going to. We, we yeah. don't need this thing to go nine innings. If we, can, if we can finish it in seven, let's finish it. And they did. But, you know, you, again, that thought process of not only just winning this game, but how does the win and how do we function in this game, how does it affect us in the next game? That happens in playoffs. That happens in, in colleges day to day. It doesn't happen in the regular season in the major leagues because if they get in that, caught in that situation in the big leagues, then all of a sudden somebody got sick and they have some minor leaguers coming up. Yeah. You know, and then they fill well, their roster that way, which is a, it's a great way to do it. Um,
1: but you can't do that in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, we watch the, the regional games and there'll always be a team that, that starts their closer. You know, he's closed all year, but. Winner go home, you know, and try to keep him in it early.
0: Yeah, and it's always a question: How many pitches can he throw? We're gonna find out. Yeah, (laughs) that we're starting him for a reason. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the plan is two or three, and if he's fine after three, plans four or five. We'll figure it out. You know, those guys have thrown enough, and you're not gonna bounce them back two days later. You know, they got time; they're gonna recover. And a lot of times, that guy that's closing in those types of situations is a guy that may not have a huge uh, ceiling in terms of pro, professional baseball, anyway. You know, he's got one out pitch, and there's probably some stiffness or some funk in there that's allowing him to get out to a fairly high level at college, but may not translate as he throws more and more and more at the, at the pro level. So, um, I, I thought they did a great job with the tournament. Um, I'm interested to see if, and I know that I know you can't do it because of the start of the MLB season. I honestly don't know when the Asian League starts. I don't uh, I don't know if those guys are in the middle of their season or if they're starting or where they're at, but taking the finals somewhere else, even if it was to South South America. I know we've played it in the West Coast. We've played it in the East Coast now, uh, Miami and San Diego, but I'd like to see what happens. You know, let, Let's take that and let's travel that thing down to the Dominican Republic and let's play the finals down there because I know talking to the Team USA guys and my little bit of experience with those guys, because it's nice to be at home. You know, The food and the hotels and the transportation – he goes, but when you go on the road, I mean, you're at a three-run deficit when you're playing certain clubs. Just because of the environment you're in, you don't know how your guys are going to react. And it's it, it's it would be the same for those guys, too, I would expect.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, we've seen the clips of winter ball. And, and even in Miami, you know, you watch, I think it was uh, Puerto Rico and Venezuela maybe playing that game. I mean, it was electric. and um, But it's really cool to see how those guys – come together for two weeks and they were playing for each other and right. you know it was such unselfish baseball
0: yeah the 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 biggest i thought the biggest takeaway from it is whoever's doing great britain's uniforms oh well who who was that was that what nike was it did you see those things with the with they they had like iron on great britain and the letters were falling off i did so does uh the your your mint hill team have better unis than that we're gonna find out, yeah. The men Hill, whatever our names are going to be, we find out tonight. We get our uniforms. We're, fi- we're broadcasting. They're filming this on Tuesday. We got our uniforms tonight. Uh, I guess our team name tonight, and we tee it up on Saturday. So you know, it's it's go time between between that, and then I got a three year old who just turned three, who we are in full midst of potty training. So. Um. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, find me games to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get. I need to get out of the house. I need to keep, be kept staying. Um, that does that brings me to where I am going to go. Um, I'm going to go to the NHSI tomorrow, which is Wednesday, which is why we're filming on Tuesday. So I'll, I'll see T.C. Roberson, um, and then I'll see some of the best teams in the country, and then some. Some really, really good teams. I think one of the problems they've had with this this tournament in recent years is trying to figure out with all the transition and kids moving to high schools and transitioning out, they're bringing in some high schools that had some dudes on them, and then the dudes transferred to an academy or wherever late. Um, but still should be a great week in Cary. Uh, my plan is to be there for two days and try to catch a couple of high school games of North Carolina teams around it. Um have you been to the NHSI? And you know, give me give me your thoughts on TC Roberson, uh, kind of going into that. This isn't their first time there. I know Coach Philippe Peck will have a feel for what's going on. Uh,
1: never been. Um, interested to see how TC matches up. Um, I know it seems the schools that come in from across the country have, you know, some of the highest profile arms out there. Uh, TC Roberson doesn't have a profile high profile arm. Um, they mix and match, but. I feel like, you know, Filipec will do such a good job managing those guys that I think they'll have a chance, you know. And, you know, they got tested last year in the playoffs, seeing Jerzenbeck and and a and, you know, a lot of the same guys are still at TC. So, you know, they'll match up and they'll compete. And, uh, you know, I think it'll it'll be really good for them.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things. That when I talk to the guys at USA Baseball and they're asking about these teams, I'm like, you're not going to no, – none of the teams we're talking about are going to go up there and freak out. All these kids have seen good pitching. They're all playing on teams that are that have a chance to win state titles, obviously, and they're going to be in that mix to be in this event. None of them are going to freak out. What's going to happen is, you know, a little bit like D.H. Conley last year, when, when they saw the, the high-end arms, those guys are throwing shutouts just about every time they throw, you know, and D.H. And Conley has the arms to kind of keep themselves in the game and keep it respectable and put some pressure on them. And then you flash back to three or four years ago when Green Hope went on the run and played in the championship game. Green Hope had two guys in their lineup put unbelievable pressure on teams that weren't used to pressure. And, you know, Jordan Adams turns himself into a really good draft pick with that week that he had there. Um, And I actually saw him playing a big league game, maybe last week with the angels uh, in spring training. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, it's an experience for these guys playing against high end co- competition. But I think one of the things that a lot of people my age that are trying to make decisions on who's coming to these events and maybe even down to guys that are coaching, you know, and a little bit more your age, the kids today are different. They're playing against this competition year in or week in and week out at times in the summer. If they're playing on quality high end travel ball clubs, they're seeing these arms just about every week wherever they go. And so I don't think they freak out when they get into this situation. Now we, we see the boxes every day freaking out. Doesn't mean they're going to be clean, but I think you still has a chance to be the team that walks the fewest people and the teams that make the fewest errors, even in this type of event, have a chance to win. And Roberson has been playing, has been doing that all year.
1: Yeah. And you know, they got some threats in that order where if they can get a guy or two on base, you know, they got plenty of guys through there that can hit a double and score two. And, uh, you know, you score a little bit early or hang around long enough. You feel like you can beat anybody. And I think they'll be fine. And uh, I know it'll be an exciting couple of days for you watching, uh, watching guys from across the country and then seeing how our guys in North Carolina stack up uh, when we do the rankings.
0: Well, it's always, it's always neat for us to kind of cross check and we get so, you know, bombarded by North Carolina. And for me, North Carolina, South Carolina, a little bit of the Virginia and Maryland, but you know, that cross-checking ability and seeing, okay, they're putting a third round number on this guy. And man, I, 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 I kind of have him equated to player a, who I have an eighth round number on, you know, and, and seeing how those two and getting on the phones. Like, okay. Well, here's what I saw. Was he down? Was he bad? And they go, no, it's, you know, now do I need to readjust the other guy? And I'm kind of comparing him to, so that'll be interesting. It's a one-time look, so you can't go too crazy with your grades, but it is a chance for, you know, different scouts and different territories to talk and really figure out kind of where these guys
1: uh, should land as we get closer and closer to the draft. Yeah, I know there'll be a, be a lot of pro guys on hand to to see players from across the country and then, you know, check in on on Parham at TC Roberson and, and see how he's doing. And uh, it'll be a good couple of days.
0: There's a player there every year, like like Jordan Adams. You know, Jordan Adams had a draft grade on him, but you know he was probably a pretty solid bet just because of the rawness. He's going to go to Chapel Hill, play play the right way for one week straight in front of the right people, and that draft grade goes from there to there, and all of a sudden you're you're a first round guy. So um, it'll be an interesting fall, and I'm excited. I know we talked about Roberson. Roberson made a move in our Power 25 released on Monday. Um, so the new Power 25 is up. It's a March 27th release. It'll be up for two weeks, and then we'll, you'll kind of get back into it, kind of dive in. Uh, Roberson checks in at number four, so they're up four spots um, with an 8-0 record. We talked about D.H. Conley. They're at three, staying at three. At 8-1, one, or 1-2-3 one, and three, all stayed the same with these four sides, Wake Forest and Conley. And then it's kind of where you saw some teams move. Roberson jumped up. Mill Creek jumped up, JH Rose jumped up, all into the top six. Uh, East Rowan's into the top ten from number nineteen. Um, as you were going through this, whether is there a, a school? Let's stay positive for this point. You know, <clears throat> whether they're top of the chart or, or somebody that is newly ranked, who kind of stood out to you as a team that's really been playing well?
1: Uh, East Rowan you know, they're just, I know they have two losses, but I think both were out of state to Greenbrier and Georgia, but uh, they've dominated who they've played. And, um, you know, I think we were high on them last year. I was high on them and, you know, they were disappointing at times, lost some games. They probably shouldn't have. And a lot of the same guys there this year, and you know, they seem to be playing with more confidence, a little more energy and, and dominating teams. And you got Middle Creek and J.H. Rose. I know Rose beat Middle Creek over the weekend. Uh, but uh, both those teams have, have put together a solid body of work so far. And, um, you know, Middle Creek's got some big wins. Uh, like you said, Pinecrest stayed the same. Um, you know, Huff seems to be trending up a little bit, catching their stride. Uh, few, they're scoring two- runs.
0: That, that's the thing with them is we we, we think they're going to pitch, but they're scoring runs. And that's yeah. uh, they're a scary, scary club if, if they've got an ability to score five or six runs every
1: time out. And uh, big matchup this week, Lee County. That uh, first appearance in the Power 25 at 18. I believe they play uh, play Pinecrest tonight. So, uh, yeah, be a good good game. Yeah, I'm by the time to
0: this by gets published, that one will be out. But um, yeah, I actually heard from from the coach at Lee County today. He let me know that game and time had been moved up, and he's excited. So McDuffie was going to be on the mound and. I think it would be a great test for Pinecrest, you know, if Pinecrest can figure out a way to score runs because that's the way they're going to need to win. They've got good pitching, but I don't know that they have shutdown pitching, um, you know, for for a standpoint of being in a two- or three-game series in the playoffs. Um, so at some point they're going to have to – their strength is their offense and can they score runs. You know, I don't, need, I don't need to see them score six against McDuffie, but can they pressure him for a couple of innings? Can they scratch one? Can they get him out of the game? You know in a in a three two game to one game where they're leading you know and then get into somebody's bullpen with six outs left um
1: at pinecrest too every you know every hitter is a home run threat there at times you know it's yeah a little bit smaller ballpark and you get a little wind down there in the the southern pines area and you know one can go out in a hurry you you had a chance to see Corinth holders they're at seven and
0: four and they're they held steady at number 12 in the poll talk to me a little bit about you know, why are they still at 12? And what did you see um, in that game when you saw them, saw them play uh, Chapel Hill?
1: You Got to see Briggs McKenzie. And obviously he's the big reason they're where they are. But, you know, every time I, I talk to Coach Weaver there, somebody who's played them, they, they have somebody injured or banged up. And, you know, I think he was playing his, you know, maybe his third option at short the other night and there's guys out of position and you know, Jet Music, who would probably be their ace or who they consider their ace, hasn't hasn't pitched yet this year, but they're expecting him back, I think, for the second time through conference. So when you get him back, you got, you know, really two aces. And as they get healthy, you know, that's an older club that's been in some big games. And, um, you know, they can put pressure on you on the base paths and, and figure out a way to score runs. And I think they're a tough matchup for a lot of clubs out there.
0: I know Chapel Hill just missed out on the rankings. I know they were in consideration. Um, off to a really good start with several good wins. What did you see out of the Tigers? Uh,
1: they had a sophomore that threw it really well. Didn't walk a guy. Um, Jackson Edmonds, maybe. Uh, they looked comfortable throughout their lineup. You know, put put balls in play, uh, solid defensively. And, you know, they were in that game court. Got a couple timely hits late. but. Um, you know, Chapel Hill's is a club that, you know, could knock some people off come playoff time as they they knocked off Corinth holders last year in the first round.
0: Yeah, it's a and that's the, the thing about them is they don't have they don't have that one star star power player. You go, OK, this guy's got a chance to carry the lineup or this guy's got a chance to carry the pitching staff. Every time we see their boxes, it looks like it's somebody different doing it. Um, and those, those teams can be scary in, in the playoffs. And those are the teams that can t- typically be overlooked in polls like this, especially early in the year. Now, as we get dialed in, if they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to bang the door down and get into this top 25. Um, one of the teams that did get into the top 25 this week, um, making their debut, um, as far as I can remember, is Southern Wayne High School at 8-1. Um, I know we haven't had a long look at, at, at Southern Wayne, but what, what's impressed you with their season so far as they come in at number 22 in the Power 25?
1: Um, they've been really good offensively. Um, you know, they got a kid we saw at preseason All-State East and Alex Farrell Jr., who's hitting over 500. You know, several extra base hits. They got a color daily that uh, you know has, has put up impressive numbers so far, and um, you know it seems like their pitching's been good enough. Um, you know to me they were an interesting team that's you know made some noise early and we'll see if they can keep it up. So five teams enter
0: the rankings this week means five teams left. Um, you know a couple of the teams that left the rankings, you know, I honestly were are a little shocked. We're a little disappointed with how they played. I think they would tell you the same thing. Uh, would not be shocked if a couple of those teams kind of get on runs and make runs here throughout. Um, we've talked about Southern Wayne. High Point Christians, a club that I saw, Um, it's got some depth on the bump. Um, I I saw them beat Randleman. Um, They threw Bryson Kings, a senior left-hander, came in in relief, uh, who was up to 84, and then they started, was it Story, Dylan Story. Um, Heavy slider use, 87 to 90, Um, and as he kind of got into the game, he started dotting his fastball a little bit more to the glove side. Really kept Randleman off off pace with that slider. I mean, the slider's advanced, and he's a he's a winged commit. Uh, another arm on that club, Trace after after her. I'm sorry, off to her has um, has been a, is a Catawba commit. Has been a right-handed pitcher. Has gotten outs at a high level. And then we've also seen Tony Lopez uh, started one of their state championship games in the three-game series against Southlake Christian last year. So they've got some depth there. Heavy heavy left-handed hitting lineup. Um, and they're off to a 10-1 start, enter at 24. Um, but that's, that's a club that's probably eyeing a state championship as the pinnacle of what their season could be. So we could continue to see them kind of climb these rankings. Garner makes its move at 25. We talked about Southern Wayne at 22. South Brunswick at 21, a, a team most scouts are obviously following, Walker Jenkins. Audrey Kells at 19. Lee County we talked about at 18. And then Hickory is our highest ranked newcomer. Uh, and again, their first ever ranking, the power 25 Hickory's nine and Oh, I know we've talked a little bit about a map of what, what made the move to get them this high in the rankings um,
1: with this, with this addition of the power 25. Yeah. Nine and Oh, they, have they have pitched it really well. Matthew Lefebvre's and, and Sammy Nexon have, have been a, a quality one, two for them. They haven't allowed a lot of runs and they have an older lineup and, You know, they play in a league that, um, you know, I think is really good with, you know, Fred T. Ford has arms. East Lincoln has hitters. St. Stephen's has been successful. And, uh, you know, doing it in that league and and playing some of the better teams in this area. And I think they're really confident right now. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they can can do the same thing through the back half of their conference schedule.
0: Well, a lot of great baseball ahead of us. Um, I know we're – you know, trying to get out and see games today, trying to get out and see games tomorrow. I'll obviously be at NHSI throughout the weekend. And again, we'll get a chance to sit back down next week and talk more about this. Um, guys, if you haven't, every single day, inside the box post, we'll, we'll highlight scores, highlights from the game on Tuesday's player of the week, uh, pitcher of the week. Last week, um, our pitcher of the week was uh, Nathan Teague, a Vanderbilt commit. Um, you know, complete game. I think he punched 15 in a one-hitter. Um, and then Tanner – was it Tanner Marsh? Tanner Marsh. Uh, from Ashboro had a good week at the plate. I think he was perfect in terms of on base. He was five for five, I think, hitting eight for eight on base with some power numbers and kind of keyed the, the Blue Comets throughout that week. The As this podcast uh, releases on Thursday, our Player of the Week and Pitcher of the Week for this week – will have been decided and posted so check the website for those the those posts. diamond notes we'll, we'll recap 20 30 50 60 players that have had really good weeks with stats notes numbers on those guys that's a, an article it's a huge hit with the college coaches they're trying to figure out what's going around the state uh, scout blogs are still rolling out our heat sheets really heating up we got a bunch of dudes that have uh, shown arm strength so Matt, we got a, we got a ton of things happening across the state and Things are being pumped out there, uh, pumped out there every single day. I know we're missing things just because there's so many good things happening in the state. Uh, but you know, spring break's coming up. You yep. um, know, we've started to post those schedules. We started to post uh, those tournaments that, that we'll be looking to go to. Uh, is there a spring break tournament that you kind of have your eye on already that you're kind of looking to
1: go see with the teams that have been reported to be in it? Uh, I think Battle at the Boneyard. Uh, a lot of Power 25 mm-hmm. teams there. Yep. There last year was awesome playoff atmosphere. Uh, hope I get to go back this year.
0: Yeah, so that one I'm, I'm scrolling through our page right now. Um, I may have already missed it because I thought it was one of the early ones, but yeah, Battle of the Bowen Yard. That April one, the teams, 30th.
1: can we say it again? April 6th, I think is when it is.
0: Yep, the 6th through the 8th, Corn Holders, Wake Forest, Middle Creek, Leesville, Wakefield, Heritage, Southern Lee, and Fuquay. You know, multiple teams from our Power 25. That has a chance to be a really good weekend. I'm always partial to Bobby Murray. I played in it when I played at Millbrook. Um, I love going back there for that tournament, being hosted by Millbrook and Holly Springs with Green Level, Broughton, uh, Trinity, and Athens Drive. Um, East Rowan's going to host a, a good one. East Rowan, West Rowan, Mooresville, Lake Norman, Hickory Ridge, and Mount Pleasant. The Jack Sink here in North Carolina, and I'm telling you, if you have a chance to go to the Jack Sink, and, and Matt knows this one's a home game for me, so he's got to figure out a way to finagle his way into it. <laughs> but East Mech turns on fires up their grill. And for coaches and scouts, they'll take care of your meals while you're there. And it's a good chance for me. As hard as I'm working to get my weight down, I can I can disrupt that entire year's worth of plan within a couple of days at the uh, Jack Sink. So mm-hmm. they host that one at East Mech at uh, Myers Park and at South Mech. That schedule is up on the website. Um, The Cannonballers Classic at Kannapolis. I like that one. It's a home game. Terry Sanford, another one where you can have a chance to go and eat really, really well over the course of a weekend. Um, They'll start on Saturday the 8th. Southview, Pinecrest, Terry Sanford, Midway, Richmond, Wayne Country Day, East Bladen, and Western Harnett. Four games a day for three days there. Um, And, again, those guys, Terry Sanford and their staff does a tremendous job yeah. With that tournament, with the the field, um, and then taking care of the people that come through. So, um, I know every year we talk about Matt. We got to plan this out. We got to make sure we take care of ourselves. We're not we're not built to be on the road for nine straight days from six a.m. to midnight anymore. But inevitably, we like being out on the road, so we inevitably do this, and then we're sick for two days and have to get caught up. But um, it's a great time of year.
1: Yeah, the season goes by so fast. You know, you start the season, and you're like, yes, yeah, you know, we'll worry about it when we get there. And then all of a sudden it's here and then it's playoff time. So That's right. That's <laughs>
0: right. And it's about that, yeah, right after spring breaks, when we start to scramble going, okay, who haven't we seen that we have to see from yep. draft status, from uncommitted guys, from future games potentials. Um, and then, you know, also from the Power 25, because I think, you know, right now we between us and our, our staff that's been out, we've seen – offhand I want to say it's 23 of the 25 teams that are in in this week's power 25 um you know so we're out we're seeing a ton of games I think we're well over 200 high schools that we've seen um you know and and that number is just going to keep keep ratcheting up as we're ticking days off the calendar so
1: any closing thoughts any closing words as we wind this thing down yeah check out the heat sheet I think it's it's pretty impressive that you know we're halfway through the year, maybe. And, you know, the velocities, the number of high velocities that are on there just from games we've been at, you know, it's uh, impressive for one state.
0: A lot of guys throwing hard and really impressive. A lot of bats getting to those fastballs. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not seeing pitchers just dominate with fastball. Guys that have won our Pitcher of the Week award have won it, being able to throw a secondary pitch in the zone as well. So uh, Matt makes a great point there. Head over to the website. Check out all that information. He's Matt Payne. I'm Brandon Hall. Till next week, We'll see you at the field.